years ago, I would even say decades ago, it really changed for me from a prayer list of things that I wanted to see God do to much more of a relationship. I began to look at the list and consider the list that I had. And it was a good list. It was a biblical list, you know. But but as I as I looked at that, I thought, is this really that relational with God? And so he paid the highest price to have relationship with me and with you and with his people. And the question that I had for myself was, am I giving it to him? Welcome to Be One Make One, a discipleship podcast. This is a show where we share stories and tools to equip everyday followers of Jesus to make disciples. On every episode, I have a conversation with someone whose life reflects Jesus' command to go and make disciples. Prayer can often feel like an area of weakness for Christians. On this episode, I talk with my friend Vic about how prayer is more about being with God and not so much about checking it off your to-do list. Well, Vic, thank you so much for being here with us today. really appreciate it. Well, thanks, Ethan. It's a privilege to be here. Yeah. Um, kind of, This is the first kind of just a basic question to get us going here, but why should anyone pray? It's actually a good question, but the more I think about it and the more that I have explored prayer through the years, the question has changed for me. And my own question back would be, why would a person not pray? If we really understood what prayer is and the incredible privilege that we have of entering into fellowship with God, intimacy with God, relationship with God, why would we not want to do that? Because to me, that's what prayer is. Yeah. Okay. So for you, prayer isn't so much um, maybe a a thing to do as much as it is communicating with God. Is that right? That's right. Um, Years ago, I would even say decades ago, it really changed for me from a prayer list of things that I wanted to see God do to much more of a relationship. I began to look at the list and consider the list that I had. And it was a good list. It was a biblical list, you know. But, but as, I, as I looked at that, I thought, is this really that relational with God? And so he paid the highest price to have relationship with me and with you and with his people. And the question that I had for myself was, am I giving it to him? I can give him relationship or not. And so too often prayer with the list became, I just wanted God to do these things. And for me, it really transitioned uh, a number of years ago to be, you know what? I kind of want to give my list to him and let it be his list, not my list. Wow. That's really great. Mm-hmm. So so what happened to, um, you mentioned it was, you know, several years ago that this changed for you. What what was that like? What happened? Mm-hmm. Well, um, it almost goes back to the beginning of my relationship with the Lord. And uh, I was 18 when I accepted Christ. And prayer became, for me, very normal right away. And uh, it was not unusual. I had a little youth group that, that I came to Christ in the context of. I didn't grow up in church, but I started going to church dating this girl, you know. And so in that context... Um, man, we would just pray a lot. Somebody would be sick and we we would pray, not just that they would be healed, but we would pray until they were healed, you know? So that was kind of interesting. And we would have 24-hour 
prayer times, and the guy that was discipling me had come back home, you know, with the navigators, come back home from the Navy and the navigators, and, well, not navigators, in the Navy. He, he was discipled in the Navy, lived in a nav home and all that. Anyway, uh, he and I would go up in the mountains, and his parents had a, a cabin in the mountains. He had a four-wheel drive. We, you know, took that up in the mountains. He had to have the four-wheel drive just to even get there. And, uh, and we would pray all weekend. And, and I just thought that was normal. I thought that's <laughs> what all Christians did, you know, because this was my exposure right away. So I think the whole relational aspect of it really started early for me like that. And by no means, Ethan, am I saying the list is a bad thing, throw the list out, you know, but, the, but is the list all that my prayer life is? The list is good to have, but, but am I really giving God the relationship that he deserves and that he desires? Yeah, that's a good. I like that. Cause it's not either or, um, right? And I'm I'm really curious. You you keep talking about God and prayer as the relationship, and I know for my at least most relationships are two way streets, right? I'm saying something, you're saying something to me. We're dialoguing. You know, that's that's kind of conversation. That's a relationship. Um, and so, but I feel like prayer is a different kind of communication with God, where I. I feel like I say a lot. Sometimes I wait for him. Sometimes I don't really know if I've heard from him. So what's that been like for you as far as relating to God? Do you feel that he also is active in your prayer times? Yeah, it might not be in the moment that I experience him being active, but but I think it might be more of a of an expectation that that and and a belief really that I am connecting with him. And, uh, and so a good, a good I, I almost call him my friend, a person that I've never met, but he essentially discipled me, A.W. Tozer. Mm. <laughs> and so in his book, um, as a young Christian, I read this book, uh, Pursuit of God. And in there, he says that a word of God once spoken continues to be spoken which is a fascinating statement. It's kind of like perhaps his take on Hebrews uh, 4.12, that, that the Word of God is alive and active and mm-hmm. sharper than a two-edged sword and able to pierce as deep as a division of soul and spirit and joints and marrow and judge the thoughts and intention of my heart. And so I just take that at face value. I believe it. And so when I'm praying, one of the things that Tozer says is, do we receive the Word of God, just right out of the Bible, do we receive it as the currently spoken Word of God? Which kind of changes things, really, when you think about the whole idea of having a dialogue. Most people would like to say prayer is a dialogue with God, and yet they would almost push the pause button there and say, but it's not. I would like for it to be, but it's not. But if I, if it's kind of a belief and perspective that if I really believe that the Word of God is alive and active, that the Word of God once spoken continues to be spoken, and if I am receiving it as the currently spoken Word of God, then God has spoken, okay? And I receive that in conversation of what he's saying to me now, regardless of where I am in in the Bible. And then my engagement with him can be a response to what he said, which is what a conversation is. You talk and I respond and I say something and you respond. And I think it can really be there with God, but it depends on how do I view the Bible? 
how do I view relationship and how do I view prayer? Yeah, I really love that. So how, so, and you've, you've been touching on it a little bit in, in this last couple minutes, but how, or what role do, do the scriptures play in how you pray? Well, the scriptures, <laughs> it's like if I didn't include the scriptures in my prayer, then it would be strictly a monologue, hmm. me to God. Not, not, to, not to say that God can't speak otherwise, but he has primarily spoken through the word or whatever I might think that God is saying um, is most likely tied pretty strongly to the word of God or is at least uh, verified are validated by the Word of God. And so I just, I can't imagine praying without the Bible open. And so I often say, open your Bible because God has something to say. And then as I receive that as something that God just said, then again, I, I can pray with my response to what he said. Yeah, that's super cool. And yeah, I think I've, I have experienced the Bible that way as well. Mm -hmm, it good. is the scripture that really fuels my prayer, mm -hmm. especially when I don't even know what to pray. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's like, well, I'm reading the scripture, God's speaking to me, I'll just pray these things. <laughs> That's right. That's right. And that tends to really fuel and, and even give me confidence in my prayers. I, I think I can often get wrapped up in, am I praying God's will or not? I'm like, well, if I'm praying scripture, it's definitely God's will. <laughs> exactly. You can't go wrong there. That's yeah, awesome. Um, well, Something I'd also really love to touch base on is um, the relationship that prayer has with making disciples. Mm -hmm. You know, I really, I really love to hear, yeah, what's been your experience with prayer and discipleship? To me, prayer and discipleship is like partnership with God. So these people that I am influencing and discipling, uh, they're God's people. They're not my people. <laughs> and so I want to very carefully handle God's people. And so my dialogue with God, to me, is essential for how I um, minister in, in, in those people's lives, whether it be Bible study or scripture memory or you know training them in some aspect of the Christian life. I want to really see myself partnering with God in that. This is what he wants in their lives. And really, I, I want to kind of guide them to God and make them dependent on God, not me. Mm -hmm. And I would also say that prayer is really the power behind discipleship. You know, we want to see these things happen in people's lives, but often those things don't happen in people's lives until we begin to really press into prayer and that God would do what only he can do in their lives to change their heart and their mind, their mindset and all of that. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I remember I was at some workshop or conference or something and someone was speaking about prayer and they said something to the effect of, if you don't have enough time to really pray for the people you're um, discipling, you're probably discipling too many people hmm. because if you don't have enough time to pray, it's kind of you're wasting your time in some in some sense. Yeah. But I really appreciated that because I think I can easily think of discipleship as I got to make sure this person can do these things mm -hmm. <laughs> X, mm -hmm. Y, and Z mm -hmm. versus thinking more big picture like God, what do you want to do in this person's life, and how can I 
just be a, a like you said partnership how can i have a, how can i just be a partner with you in what you're doing mm-hmm. versus not praying and then feeling the weight mm-hmm. <laughs> of i have to change this person i have to make this person really get there when yeah. I, there's just no way i can't do it i remember a guy that I really like, his name is Pete Gregg. He's a British guy. Yeah. And he... I love his books. Right? <laughs> uh, he's probably one of my favorite Christians in all of the world right these days. Cool. Um, but he talks about about rushing into God's presence with like this prayer list for somebody. Mm-hmm. And he, he talks about... He recommends like stopping and just asking, God, what do you want to do mm-hmm. in this person's life? Mm-hmm. And just praying that. And that, I think, was so freeing for me. Because I kind of felt like I had to figure out, okay, what does this person need or want? And I got to make sure I can figure this out. But then it's like, okay, God, you're you're obviously working in every one of your children's lives yeah. all the time. How can I just partner with you in that? And mm-hmm. that, I think, has given me a lot of freedom, but also, like, excitement. And, like, man, I just get to be a part of people's lives <laughs> and see God work. Exactly. And so that's been really cool. Exactly. Yeah, I totally agree with you. As you say those things, Ethan, I'm, I'm thinking about a couple different passages. One is Luke 11, where it's my favorite go-to passage for prayer. And in there, the disciples ask Jesus, Lord, teach us to pray like John's uh, disciples taught them to pray. And, and it's one of those times when Jesus was asked a question like that, and he actually answered it. <laughs> and it is, to me, it is like graduate-level prayer. It really is. But, but I think we too often just kind of hit the surface of that context. And, and in there, he says, I mean, for many of us, prayer is asking. You know, we ask God for things, and that's not wrong. Prayer is asking, but prayer is more than asking. And so do we move beyond freshman-level prayer, and do we move into graduate-level prayer in there? And so what he says is, and I'll just kind of jump into the middle of it. I'd love to unpack the whole thing, but I won't. But he says, uh, ask and keep on asking, and you'll receive. Seek and keep on seeking and you will find, knock and keep on knocking, and the door will be open to you. And all of that, he says, in the context of prayer. This is Jesus teaching about prayer. Mm. So asking, we get, right? Seeking, it's like, hmm, what does that have to do with prayer? Yeah, that's interesting. And knocking, whoa, now wait a minute, what, what does that have to do with prayer? But this is Jesus teaching about prayer, and I think to really plunge more deeply and and meditate and listen and ask questions of God, like, help me understand this. What are you talking about seeking and knocking? Because it's a, I don't know the exact tense in the Greek, but it means to keep on doing that. Ask and keep on asking, and you'll receive. Seek and keep on seeking, you will find. Knock and keep on knocking, and the door will be open to you. And so, to me, it's kind of like a funnel. And so at the top of the funnel is is a lot of stuff. The funnel's wide, and then it gets more narrow, and a little hole comes out the bottom. And so asking, seeking, knocking, I think, moves down in in the funnel. And so as we ask for whatever we ask for, in so many cases, God does it. And we think, yay, answer to prayer, and we check (laughs) it off, you know, which is a great thing. It's totally legitimate. It's totally Mm -hmm. valid. And so, but then... If we 
ask and keep on asking, and it doesn't happen, well, then what do we do? Well, we get frustrated or we quit or maybe we keep on asking. But see, there's actually instruction in there to move beyond asking to seeking. And seeking to me implies, you know, searching, hunting, looking, even researching. Because the question begins to come into my mind, am I even asking for the right thing? Maybe God would even change what I'm asking for and begin to modify that. And so now I'm in the realm of seeking. I've moved beyond asking into seeking. But he says, keep on seeking. And so I'm keeping, I, I research, I look, I hunt, I, and I talk to other people about this is what I've been praying for. What do you think? And so I'm just really living in this. And then knocking, you think, okay, now that's getting pretty serious. And, and to me, it, it's pretty implied that, that seeking is more intense than asking and knocking is more intense than seeking. So you're moving forward in an intensity and uh, Martin Lloyd-Jones says about that passage, he says, uh, one day you will find yourself at heaven's door, pounding on heaven's door. <laughs> and most of us just don't think about prayer like this. This is prayer. This is Jesus teaching about prayer. And so he said, you'll find yourself at heaven's door, pounding on heaven's door, saying to God, I'm not going away. It's like I found the door. And now I'm pounding on the door because I become convinced that you want me to have this thing. I don't know why. I really can't answer why. That's the process before God might actually do something. But, but as I look at it, the transformation is in me. Prayer changes me. Prayer doesn't change God. So then the question is, how am I being changed as I progress from asking to seeking and from seeking to knocking? Because knocking, it's like you don't knock for everything. You don't even seek for everything. So it's some of those more intense things that we are very serious about that God has laid on our hearts. We become convinced of that God wants us to have. And it's almost like a refinement process, a purification process that he takes us through to really get to that place of asking for what he wants me to ask for. So would you say that... As you're progressing through those things, asking, keeping asking, seeking, keep on seeking, then knocking, would you, would you say that as you're doing those things, by the time you get to knocking, your confidence in the Lord will be pretty significant at that time in that request? I really believe it okay. would be, Ethan, because again, you put the, the, the relational filter over that whole thing. This whole thing is very relational. And so prayer is never not relational. <laughs> it shouldn't be. It doesn't have to be. And so, so when I put that re the relational filter on that, and I'm looking at that through the relationship, again, I would be quick to say, I don't know why God designed it this way, but he did. And so, so I just simply want to follow the steps that he's given me to follow. But if I just stay in an asking posture of prayer, have I really gone to the changes and transformation God has for me to actually discover? Because really seeking is kind of a discovery process to discover what is it that God has for me. 
And it's not like God's playing hide and seek or he's withholding something from me that, that I should have. Um, but, but it's a change. It's, it, it is really the uh, 2 Corinthians 3.18 is that transformation of me more and more into the image of God, praying for what Jesus would pray for. That's what it means to pray in Jesus' name. I just pray the same thing he would pray. And, and I think there's a, there's a change in me and a change in us as God's people if we would stick with that process and really move into a deeper and deeper more, and, and more and more passionate. You know, for us, prayer is nice. It's like really, really nice. And I've only known a few Christians that don't pray nice. Now, that doesn't mean they don't pray politely or respectfully, but I mean, they, they, their, their whole being gets involved. I mean, they're, the vi- they're not mad, but the volume of their voice raises because they see themselves in partnership with God, and there's trouble going on out here, and we've got to address that, and it really kicks into the whole idea of authority, because the authority that Jesus has given us is in the heavenly realms. So when he sent the disciples out, he sent them out with authority. And he says, I give you authority to heal the sick, to cast out demons, to raise the dead, you know, but, but couched in that whole context is the authority to preach the gospel. So that's why he's sending them out, preach the gospel. Oh yeah, you're going to run into some sick people and you have authority to heal them and you're going to run into some demon-possessed people. You have authority to cast out those demons. But, but with that authority in the heavenly realms against the opposition that we might experience in the heavenly realms, that's not a nice, polite thing. And so we really see ourselves clothed for battle with the full armor of God out of Ephesians 6, and, and we're going into battle, and our voices might very well be raised in that context alongside of Jesus. So it's not like we're out there for Jesus. We're out there with Jesus, and we watch to see what he's doing, and we listen to what his commands are, and, and so we engage in that. He, in, in the whole idea of exercising authority, he says in, in Matthew 18 that, that whatsoever you bind on earth shall have been bound in heaven, which is a very interesting phrase. It's like, if you bind it on earth, I bind it in heaven. And binding is like forbidding. You know, you forbid this thing to happen or you tie something up and gag it. I like to add the word gag. (laughs) (laughs) Enemy, you cannot say something. You know what I mean? And then loosing. So whatsoever you loose, and he's not saying pray that something to be loosed. He said, no, I gave you authority to to bind and to loose. Whatsoever you loose or permit on earth is also loosed and permit permitted in heaven. And so there's this there's that link between us and God himself. Certainly he's in us, but but we're calling on that authority. We're actually exercising that authority that links us with the unseen world because our battle is in the unseen world. And all that to say Sometimes it's not so nice. <laughs> and, and maybe with the asking and seeking and knocking, you know, th- th- there, would, there would be a growing intensity in that because it's often for the sake of the souls of men and women. Yeah, that, wow, that was really powerful stuff. 
but that also reminds me of the Psalms a lot. Absolutely. You know, a lot of the Psalms are not very polite mm-hmm. <laughs> or nice, mm-hmm. but they're very raw and they it's almost like they are really demanding mm-hmm. things from God in there. Yeah. And I ra- actually used to really struggle with that, mm-hmm. re- like reading those. And I'd just be like, who does this guy think he is? <laughs> but then I would kind of step back and think, but this is God's word. Mm-hmm. And this is the prayer book that Jesus used and that Israel used. Yes. And so I'm like, okay, on some level, God says this is okay. Yes. And even encourages this kind of prayer. Exactly. And that to me was a, a big game changer in how I prayed, especially when it came to spiritual things and mm-hmm. um, yeah, exercising that authority. And yeah, I can pray pretty intensely for the salvation of my friends who don't know Jesus. Mm-hmm. That's I have no no reservations about mm-hmm. praying that God would really save them. Yeah. Um and kind of calling him to do it. You said you want to do it, you better do it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Amen. <laughs> yeah, I really appreciate that. Kind of the last question um that we kind of ask mo- um, most of our guests is what what are disciplines or rhythms that you use that help you to keep following Jesus? You mentioned the personal retreats as prayer retreats as things that you've done for people together. But I'd be curious, is there anything that you do personally apart from that that is kind of special to just you and the Lord? Good question. Um, again, we, we so often view the person the, the disciplines of the Christian life as as a very personal isolated discipline mm. there are corporate disciplines as well and and one of those is uh, I've got a group that I pray with every Thursday and these are like people that I just have to pinch myself and say you're actually praying with these people I mean these are, rock stars in the kingdom of God and amazing godly men and women. And um, we pray together every Thursday for two hours. Wow. And that has been life changing. But but through the years, I haven't always had that, but, but the, there, there have been those kinds of relationships. Sometimes it's just one person. Sometimes it's two people. Sometimes it's, you know, 10 or 12 people. But, but I think to really draw from that and, again, take that into my personal relationship with God, that's why I wanted to, to make that point because it's mm-hmm. not just about my personal relationship with God. I think too often we in America just kind of isolate that, and in other countries they don't necessarily do that. You know, the way that we might even disciple them is not the way they live life. They live life, not every, not every nation, but some more in in a community setting and so i've just i've kind of migrated to that to where the community aspect and dynamic of my relationship with god and my relationship with other people is where i draw a lot of strength whether it's time in the word and um, and time in prayer time sharing the gospel with people it's not it's not always alone that that i might do that which is the way we might typically look at disciplines yeah Yeah, I love that. That's great. Well, Vic, thanks so much for being here. This has been been great. Yeah. Wow. 
B1 Make One is a production of The Navigators in Colorado Springs, Colorado. We'd love to hear from you. Send us an email, podcast at navigators.org. <laughs>